You are listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, a podcast for survivors of suicide loss. In this weekly podcast, you will learn more about your unique experiences and gain insights on your brain and how it processes grief and loss due to a loved one's suicide. While suicide grief comes in all shapes and sizes, Amy shows you that you still can have a life full of joy and fulfillment even though your loved one died. You don't have to just survive anymore. You can thrive. You are listening to the Survive to Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, episode 38, Grief Judgment. Hey guys, how are you? So excited to be with you today. Can't wait to discuss this topic with you. But before I get into it, it is hot. Okay. It has been each day for the past several days reaching 110 or more degrees per day. And it is just brutal this time of year for us over here in Arizona. It's something that we always anticipate. We know it's coming. We never really know when we're going to get our first week like that each year, but we know that when it does hit, it's just as brutal and just as shocking to our systems as we're trying to adjust to the heat. But every time this happens every year, I remind myself how much I dislike the cold and that I would take this over the cold any day. So not complaining, just saying it's really hot. So can't wait for October to arrive when the temps start getting really cool and perfect around here. And we begin our winter season in beautiful, perfect weather. So can't wait. Anyways, I hope you're all doing great. I've been thinking about grief judgment because this seems to come up quite a bit. Okay. It comes up with my coaching clients and it comes up in grief groups, this idea of grief judgment, because it seems to show up for all of us, either from ourselves, from other people. And it's really interesting and something that's worth discussing. So I want to talk about it today. All right. So the first place I see grief judgment show up is judging our own personal grief process. Okay. How many of you judge yourselves in the way you're either grieving at this time or that you've grieved in the past? I find that we all do it pretty much. We all go through a time where we feel like maybe we're not sad enough. Maybe we didn't go through anger. Maybe we look at the five stages of grief and we think we didn't go through one of them. Maybe we skipped one. So we wonder if we're doing it right. Maybe we haven't expressed it enough. Maybe we've expressed it too much. Maybe we've said things about grief that we regret. Maybe we're handling grief in such a crazy way. Maybe our behavior has changed significantly and we don't like it. Okay. Maybe we're drinking heavily. Maybe we're eating excessively. Maybe we're not eating at all. Maybe we're withdrawn. Maybe we are stuck in bed. Okay. 
there are so many things about the way that we personally grieve that we can judge ourselves on. And so this is an area that I find it shows up a lot. Okay. And we'll get back to it because I think there are some great and useful strategies that we can use to help combat that. And I'll discuss it later in this podcast. But first, I want to discuss two other ways that I think it shows up a lot. Okay. So the second way I find grief judgment showing up is when we're judging the grief of other family members who are grieving your loved one. Okay. So maybe it's a sibling, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's one of your other children, maybe it's a grandmother, maybe it's an aunt, maybe it's a cousin, maybe it's maybe it's just someone that you consider to be family, right? A person, a friend or something that has is been like family to you and it's the way that they're grieving. And I find that this also shows up a lot and it comes from a place I think where people are worried, they're concerned about the other person and they are really concerned about the pain that other person is experiencing. And really when we're judging it, it's because we are concerned. It's because we are really worried about the person. At least that's what I find generally that in generally to be the reason why people, you know, judge grief of their other family members is for that reason. Okay. The third reason that I see that grief judgment comes up or the way that grief judgment shows up is that people are judging other people's grief circumstances compared to our own. Okay. Now, there's some different ways that this comes up. One of those is that someone might be trying to relate their grief to yours that feels like it can't be comparable. Okay. Now I find this show up a lot. People are trying to compare, say, for example, a pet loss or a job loss or a recent diagnosis of some sort to your loss. And I remember when I was early on in my grief process and people were coming out of the wood woods to offer condolences and people that I didn't even really know very much, they were trying to offer their condolences, but then they would say, I recently found out my son has autism or that I remember going through the loss of my, my grandmother who died of old age. And so then I was feeling at the time, like, how could you even compare that? My sister was 22 and she died by suicide. And how is that even the same, right? That you still get to have your son who has autism and your grandmother lived a very long life. And so at the time I was judging their circumstances compared to my own. Okay. So that's one way it shows up. Another way that shows up is when you think that your grief isn't as hard, or maybe it's not as sad as a different type of loss. Okay. Now, 
let me give you a personal example. So I lost my sister due to suicide, right? And she was 22 and she was my sister. But I always felt because I am a mother, I have three children of my own. And I used to think that my grief wasn't anywhere comparable to my mother's grief because she lost her child. I was judging myself in a way that my grief couldn't feel as tragic as it does to my mother because that was my mother's daughter. Does that make sense? So I see this show up depending on the relationship, right? So maybe you lost your parent, right? And like to you, you feel like, okay, there's no way I could feel as bad about that loss as say the spouse of your parent. So whether that be your your dad or your mom or whatever, that their grief somehow trumps yours, right? Or maybe you're comparing, say someone lost their cousin and you're comparing it, right, to a sibling. Yeah, they lost their cousin, but it's not the same as losing a sibling. That this can show up, right, as this, this grief hierarchy dependent on the relationship. Another way that this shows up is the method of suicide death. Okay. Maybe someone's method was more tragic in your eyes than the one that you experienced. And so then you feel like I shouldn't be as sad because it could have been worse because they could have used this method. And I can't even imagine dealing with the grief of knowing that my loved one used this way instead. And so I see that this shows up periodically. Another way that I find that this shows up is when it's a different type of death. Okay. Now, I think so many of us as suicide loss survivors feel like that death is very tragic and it's complicated. But I remember thinking to myself that it would be, it was like more of a less tragic death than say someone who was murdered or someone that had to die a slow, torturous, painful death, or that someone was dealing with someone who lost an entire family all at once, where they lost maybe a whole family in a tragic car accident, right? And so you're judging, right, your grief compared to someone who has to grieve that grief, that particular circumstance, right? And you feel like yours isn't as worthy of grief as say some of those other examples I gave you, right? And so these are some ways that I find that this shows up, okay? So many of you probably relate to this. Many of you have probably experienced this, right? Maybe you've experienced all of them, okay? So I wanna touch on the ways I feel like we can combat it, the ways that we can less judgment, okay? And I'm going to tell you before we discuss all of these further is to look at all three of these things with more compassion and with more curiosity. Okay. Now I'm going to go into a little bit more detail about this because you're probably thinking to yourself, what are you talking about? 
compassion and curiosity. How in the world do those two things relate to all three of those things? Okay. That's what we're going to discuss here. Okay. So we're going to go back to the first one, which I brought up, which was judging our own personal grief process and the ways that I find it are super useful for those to help lessen that judgment towards themselves is to look at the way you are or have been grieving from that place of curiosity and compassion. Okay. Now there is no manual in grief, right? We feel feels that you can't prepare yourself for, right? You've never experienced before. It's like doing something new, learning a new thing, right? For example, think about riding a roller coaster for your very first time. You don't know how to prepare yourself for that, right? You don't know what kind of attitude you should have, right? You don't know what it's going to feel like. You don't know what it's going to be, right? You only hear from other people what that experience is. And you can only make judgments about that. You can't understand it fully until you've actually experienced the roller coaster for yourself. And so I think I like to liken that to grief because there are so many ups and downs in grief, just like there are in roller coasters. And you don't know what those ups feel like. And you don't know what those downs feel like until you've actually experienced it for yourself. So I think going from a place of curiosity and compassion is huge. Okay. The other thing I want to bring up in this is Okay, maybe in the past you were excessively drinking. Maybe you currently are excessively drinking. And maybe you don't want to do that anymore. Okay. Now, if this is you and you feel this and it's something that you want to change and you don't want to do any bit, you know, do anymore, then now, but I want you to look at your past self with compassion. Okay. You didn't know what you were getting yourself into. You didn't know what the pain was going to feel like. You didn't know what grieving the loss of a loved one due to suicide really was going to look like. You were faced with it without permission, okay? It was a situation that was placed in front of you, okay? It was something that was given to you and you had no clue how to navigate that. You've never experienced it before. You never experienced the emotional feelings that you were going to feel, right? And there was no way that anybody could explain it to you. They could never explain the pain of the grief you were going to feel. And so I like to say that once we know better, we do better. It's not about changing what already has happened, but maybe changing the way you want it to look like moving forward. Okay. Now I could probably do a whole podcast on that, but what I will say about it is first off, don't judge yourself for handling it the way that you did in the past. Okay. And even if you did know better at the time, don't even judge yourself for that because you are starting from today. Okay. You are starting from when you have decided you want to make a change and you want things to look differently and you want to have the, take the control back 
on intentionally thinking thoughts, okay, that will change the way you feel about it. Okay. So I know that's a lot. That's a mouthful. And we can definitely address this more in depth later. But I really want you to, instead of look at yourself with judgment or negative thoughts, I want you to think of yourself with compassionate and more curious thoughts and ask yourself questions and just be curious with yourself and understand yourself more as to why you grieved the way you grieved and how you want to grieve and give yourself permission to grieve how you really want to grieve because sometimes your grief is just going to look a little bit different and that's totally okay. Nobody's grief is alike. All right. The second thing I want to talk about is other people's grief. Okay. So let's take a quick look at this for a minute. Grief is as individually unique as the person themselves. Okay. Let me say that again. Grief is as individually unique as the person themselves. Okay. So what I mean by that is each and every single one of us is a unique individual. So of course, all of our grief processes and the way grief is going to look is going to be individual to us because we're all unique and we're all different. Maybe it's the teenager that lost their dad and they're super withdrawn or their behavior is difficult or they're being super rebellious or whatever it is. Okay. But the truth is that teenagers are typically withdrawn and difficult and rebellious. Of course, this is how it's going to show up in their grief. Okay. Maybe it's an introverted person, right? On my husband's side of the family, I always look at them as being more introverted, introverted people who keep their thoughts and feelings inside, right? And so maybe their expressions of grief aren't as visible because they don't express feelings generally, right? Nothing wrong with that. It's just the uniqueness of them. It's just how they are. That's how their character is. That's how their personality is. Okay. Maybe they are super outspoken. Okay. Have you ever been with someone like that or have dealt with one of your family members or something who just is just an open book and you felt said more than they should. And so they say what's on their mind. Maybe they cry excessively. Maybe they tell everybody everything that's going on in details on social media and that kind of thing. Okay. And it's generally because that's just their personality. That's the way that they are. And that's how they know how to grieve. They're very extroverted. They want to get it out. They want to get it out of their system. Okay. Maybe they're the person that is drinking heavily or trying to numb it with pain. Okay. Now I know that there are members, families where this becomes a thing where they're really buffering to try and avoid the pain that they're dealing with. And this might not be a new thing for them. Maybe they've used this for 
other things previously. And so of course this shows up during their grieving process. Okay. So here's the thing with the way people grieve. Okay. There is no right, wrong or wrong way to grieve. Okay. Now people don't need judgment in the way that they're grieving. They need compassion. They need curiosity. Okay. They need someone to listen to them. They need to be heard. They need someone to ask questions about what they're feeling and what they're thinking. Okay. And I'm telling you, this is the most helpful and useful thing for people that are dealing with grief, because when they are in their grief, they just need to be accepted as they are just as we need to be accepted as we are. Okay. This is a need for people. This is a need that people have, as David Kessler often says, to be witnessed in their grief. Okay. Now, lastly, I want to talk a little bit about judging and comparing other grief circumstances to our own. Okay. Now, I was telling you about the pet loss and the job loss and those other things where they're trying to compare their grief experience to your own. And you feel like that grief experience, there's no comparing, but here's the thing, David Kessler, who I just certified as a grief educator with, who I just think is an amazing, incredible human being who has done tremendous work in grief. He says that where the love is real, the grief is real. Okay. Let me say that again. Where the love is real, the grief is real. For example, say the person that was telling you about their pet that they lost. Okay. And you feel super offended and upset that they're trying to compare the loss of their pet to your loss. Okay. But if you think about someone who has a pet, there's a lot of times where I find that people that have had a pet in their lives for years and years, that they saw them every single day, that they were with them through thick and thin, that they've, when they go to the bathroom, their dog is just waiting right outside the door because they just can't wait to be with you. And go for a walk or be fed or whatever it is, but they were constantly there. And, and then suddenly their pet has died. And along with the death of their pet, so was all that companionship that they were feeling. And that grief is tremendous. And I think if we look at how, why, when people try to compare the things to understand that where the love was real, the grief was real. And the second piece I want to say about that is a lot of times, this is just the way people try to relate to your loss. Most people don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They just want to offer compassion and love to you in a way that they know how. And sometimes doing this without any intention to hurt you or to say something that might be upsetting to you they'll say those things and they don't mean to do that. That's not their intention at all. They really don't want to hurt your feelings. They already know you're hurting. And so it's just their way to hopefully maybe bridge a gap of understanding and trying to relate in some way 
so that they can feel like they are being a good friend or a good family member or whatever it is who can relate to you in some way. Okay. So in conclusion, I just want to say about all of this is that when we're really looking at ourselves and looking at other people, whether that's our family members, right. Or other people comparing their losses to their own or whatever it is, right. To really look in all these areas instead of with so much judgment, with compassion and curiosity, because compassion and curiosity are the two main vehicles to bridge the gap between misunderstanding and understanding. And I think it's so important for us to utilize those two ways to develop more connection and to create better relationships with either other people or ourselves. And I think that those two things, compassion and curiosity, are truly the opposite of judgment. So I invite you to invite a little bit more compassion and curiosity into your own lives and try to dismiss some of those judgmental thoughts you're having, either whether that's towards yourself or towards other people. Because I promise you, if you learn that, if you learn the skill of using compassion or curiosity over judgment, you're going to feel so much better. I can guarantee it. So I highly recommend it and I hope you'll try it. All right, friends, that's it. I hope you have a great, fantastic week. And if you're in sunny Arizona with me, stay cool. All right, friends, until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends and write a review on iTunes. Also, check out survived-to-thrive.com for more information and to subscribe to get the podcast's latest episode, along with useful tips you can begin to use immediately to feel better, directly sent to your inbox. Thank you.